Now it's time for this. News Talks Executive Chair. Thanks to Linked Finance, the world has changed. It's about time finance changed too. Business lending for a digital age at linkedfinance.com. Yes, my next guest is a Limerick man. Uh, he's Paul Holmes, uh, Managing Director and Co-Founder of Rage Rage Films. Uh, he's very welcome to the programme. Paul, how are you? Good morning, Bobby, and thanks for having me on the show. Now, you're a Limerick man. Let's go back to your roots. Um, your father was a, your late father was a, a medical doctor. Um, was the same expected of you, and you ended up in this wonderful creative world. I don't think it was ever expected of me. My brother luckily ventured into that business, so I was kind of left to my own devices. So um, I think that they didn't know what I was into because I was kind of very into pirate radio and stuff like that when I was growing up. And uh, I ended up actually working as a DJ on various local pirate radio stations in Limerick in the 80s, which was great fun and a great kind of way to sort of waste away those hours when you've got plenty of time in your hands. I used to cycle my bike into town with albums on the back carrier and do a few radio programs at the weekend, which was a great introduction to kind of the world I'm in now, I think. And uh, it, was, it was great fun. And if we look back at those sort of heady days of, of pirate radio, you say you were involved in pirate radio in the 80s. That would have been almost towards the end of, of pirate radio. Pretty much. It was kind of 84 to 86. I think legal radio came in in 1988 or 89. So it was the last few years of it. And like we had pretty professional outfits. We despite the fact that we had tiny money and it was a bit of scrubble together in a little bedroom in the top of a house on Cecil Street in Limerick. It was, um, it was, it was a reasonably decent operation. And it, it was, uh, as I said, it was great fun above everything else. It really was. Okay, you went to DIT to study communications. And I think it was there you sort of maybe found your move to the visual side of the business rather than the audio side. Uh, tell us about what you qualified in there. Yeah, I studied communications in DIT in Rathmines, which was a fairly broad kind of course. We covered radio, TV, film, and it, what it did for me was it kind of gave me a bigger, wider understanding of the media landscape. And I suppose over that time, I kind of ventured more into the visual side of the business. Um, I was lucky that during the summers in college, I went to Germany with a few friends, and I ended up getting a job in a TV station in Munich. And I ended up working as a sound recordist on a news crew for RTL Plus, a private station in Germany. Got on really well with those guys, went back the next year, worked as a cameraman doing the news. And then when I left college, I went and back to work, worked with them for uh, nearly a year, which was a brilliant experience. In fact, I, um, I happened to be there when they opened the border of the Czech Republic and West Germany. And I was there as a news camera crew covering that story. Right. It was a pretty amazing experience. I suppose you blooded yourself commercially in Windmill Lane. And when you were in Windmill Lane, that was, again, a great time for that business. A lot of the U2 stuff was happening. The musical video was very much front and central. Tell us about your work there. Yeah, I came into Windmill Lane towards the end of that kind of era. So it was was actually a tough time there because the company was in examinership at the time. So it was a pretty hard, hard time. And I was working in the commercials side of the business specifically. So it was that's where really I got into the commercials production industry itself. I kind of learned a lot about it there. And I, I worked there for a number of years. And it was a really good experience to get into that world and understand more about how the whole commercials production industry worked. And I suppose to see the opportunities that were there. And it really was a great time there. And it was a great energy. And, you know, a lot of the people I worked with there are still great friends of mine today. And I'd work with them all a lot uh, still still today. And then I went from there to I got I got offered a job in Sydney in Australia from Windmill Lane, which was a great move. So I went to Australia for a year and a half 
and worked over there in the same business, which was a great experience too. Happy days. Uh, my guest is Paul Holmes. He's the managing director of Rage Rage Films. Uh, speaking of Rage Rage Films, you co-founded that business uh, with Gary Moore, what, nearly 21 years ago now? Yeah, I came back from Australia in 1996 and uh, Gary Moore was an old friend of mine and we set about setting up um, this production company, Red Rage Films, in 1997. So we celebrated 20 years in business just last year. And, I mean, our, what, we did, what we wanted to do was to get into the, the, the production of high-end commercials, which was kind of high-end branded films for clients. And we are 21 years in business this year, and I think we've been pretty much the leaders in our field for the last number of years. But, you know, it was tough at the time, at the start. It was a hard, hard graft, as you know yourself, in any business. First few years, it was slow, and it did take time, but eventually we really got going, and it's been a great success. Just to explain how the business actually works, Paul, uh, you're commissioned by, I suppose, ad agencies to uh, organise commercial advertisements for big brands, and you've done many of the great ads uh, that we know and love, like the Lotto, uh, like uh, the Spar Christmas ad, uh, some of these wonderfully creative pieces. But how does the actual business model work? Do you uh, and Gary and whoever else at HQ just... Uh, commission in a whole load of uh, selected people that you're used to working with uh, and then when the ad is finished everybody goes their separate way yeah basically we have a we have a small kind of um crew in the in our head office we have uh, myself and gary who are both hands-on producers and we have another production team we have a trasso freela works with us in the office as well and we are, what we have is we have a number of directors we have a stable of directors and when i say directors i mean film directors that we basically represent and we, we, we promote their work to the ad agencies. So we go to the agents and say, look, we've got these directors, this is their work, consider us for the next job you have for whatever your client is. They come to us and they come up to us with a brief and we have to pitch on the job and we have to come back to them with treatment and budgets on how we propose to make the commercial. And there'll be others pitching on that as well. So right. it's usually, usually three, maybe more, involved in any pitch. When we win a job then, what happens is we basically subcontract to various kind of people like casting people, crew, we, we bring in all the crew as freelancers, we hire in equipment, we hire in facilities, we build sets, we find locations, art direction, styling, basically everything it takes to put okay. the whole job together and then into post-production and we steer the job through post-production as well. So we really create the commercial from the very start to the very finished product. I suppose that could prove challenging. You could be working in all sorts of locations. I'm, I'm thinking of the, the, the lotto ad when they're out in the, uh, is it in the Bahamas or somewhere? Yeah, we, we had, a few years ago we did a big lotto campaign and uh, we, I somehow convinced the client that we should all go to the Bahamas for the weather. And uh, when we got there, we had, I think we had 60 crew from Miami and other places in a hotel in Nassau. And the rain, like there was monsoon rain coming through the roof of the hotel and it didn't stop for days. And everyone looked at me going like, this was your idea. <laughs> but look, eventually it was cool. Eventually the weather cleared up and we got what we wanted. But it was a very nerve-wracking couple of days. I don't think I slept a wink for five nights. When we look at ads and our relationship with ads, um, that's a changing landscape, is it not, with things like product placement, with Netflix, uh, the way people consume uh, TV has changed. What have implications does that have for your business? I think what, the way we would see ourselves is, rather than sort of saying we make TV commercials, I think what we say is we make high-end branded films for clients. And whether they want to use those as TV commercials or have them as pre-roll on the likes of the RTE player, etc., or 
I know in Netflix in the States now are putting embedded commercials at the start of stuff you watch. I mean, the, 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 the reality is that clients will always want high-end, high-end branded films uh, with, with their involvement in them. So, and also the revenue stream from such films for the program makers, and I don't think will ever be ignored. So I strongly believe there's always going to be a big demand for what we make. You know, whatever we, you can call it what you want, yeah. but essentially there's always going to be a place for it. It might be smaller, but it might be a more niche market, but I think there's always going to be a place for it. Well, the other thing we must remember is that that is the lifeblood of uh, revenue generation so that things can get made. Um, so it, it's going to have to be with us, in my view, in one form or another, but without us, uh, TV and films just won't be made. I'd agree, because, I mean, we're, we're all used to now watching our TV dramas, which have become huge in the last number of years. We all have our favourites, whether they're on Netflix or Sky Atlantic and, uh, and those kind of things. But, I mean, they're all made to very high quality, and they all have to be paid for, and the budgets are big for those productions. And advertising is a key part of that revenue, and that's not going to go away. Uh, how do you switch off, Paul? You're a busy man uh, on location making all these wonderful ads uh, what do you do to wind down? A few different things. I mean, I do a bit of cycling, I do a bit of swimming, and um, watch a bit of Munster rugby. <laughs> Gets me going sometimes. And uh, love spending time with my family, my wife Catherine, and my kids Emma and Alicia. And uh, we, we have we have good times together. And very finally, then, if you're looking forward five to ten years, how do you see the the the, the your sector, in particular uh, commercials? How do you see how do you see it panning out? I think it's got tougher. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Budgets are tighter. Clients' expectations are higher. They want more. It's probably for less money, and they want to turn around faster. And we have to be able to adapt to that and to really give them what they want. And what we like to do is try and exceed their expectations. So we have to be really on top of our game with technology and with trends and knowing what the clients want and be able to deliver that to them. Well, uh, and very finally, you better tell me about your favourite ads that you've made for clients. Well, the fa- favourite ones I would have made, I suppose the ones that, stand out, ones that stand out for me, you mentioned the Spark Christmas ad. That's, that ad has run now for six years, and it, it's a real favourite. I think it, 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 it's a kind of under, understated commercial, but I think it, it's the one with the trees in all different locations. We actually shot it in the middle of summer a few years ago. And uh, people thought we were a bit mad going around Ireland with a van load of Christmas trees in July. But uh, it, it's, it's a lovely piece of work directed by a, a duo called Daddy who work with us. There's another one they did for the lottery, Monday Millions, which won a lot of awards for Stands Out. And a Today FM campaign from about 10 years ago we made with um, Ian Dempsey, Ray Darcy and yeah, Matt yeah. Cooper. Um, you may remember Ian at the end of the Dunleary Pier. Um, that, that was a great campaign. It's one, one that stands out that won a lot of awards and finally, I think the launch, the relaunch of Air, um, we did that one with the Skelligs. That was a, a big production we turned around there a few years ago, which was another one that stands out. They, they'd be the ones that I'd sort of stand out for me. Well, listen, it sounds like a great business. We wish you every success. Paul Holmes, Managing Director and Co-Founder of Red Rage Films. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much, Bobby. News Talks Executive Chair. Thanks to Linked Finance, Ireland's leading peer-to-peer lending company. Business lending for a digital age at linkedfinance.com. That's all we've got time for today, folks. A huge thanks to John O'Donovan, our producer, series producer John Fardy. Our researchers were Roisin Davis. Big thanks as ever to Marianne Kennedy who was on sound.